Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Dr. Jessica DuPont. She is a naturopathic doctor and a birth doula based here in the GTA. How are you doing today, Jessica? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? <laughs> I'm very well. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and share a bit about your story and journey with us and be part of the Empowerography community. Oh, I'm very excited for this. Thank you so much for having me. So as I mentioned, you are a naturopathic doctor, you're a birth doula, you are also a fertility specialist, a public speaker, and of course, last but certainly not least, your mom. How long have you been a naturopathic doctor now? So I graduated in 2013. Uh, we actually started seeing patients in 2012, but I wasn't licensed until 2013. So Oh God, eight years now. Oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> it does. It does. Well, I mean, look, today is April 1st. We're already done three months of the year. It's crazy how quickly time is going. Oh, summer can't come fast enough. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I echo that sentiment for sure. So what inspired you or led you down the path to become a naturopathic doctor? So all through high school and university, my goal was actually to go into medicine, to conventional medicine. And I didn't really know about alternative medicine roots at that point. And it wasn't until I got sick in my fourth year of university where I was kind of pushed down through the medical system. I, I had kidney issues and frequent UTIs. And I was basically just kind of brushed off and given antibiotics every time without kind of looking further into what was going on. So I was on 30 rounds of antibiotics in a matter wow. of two years. So it was, it was intense, but I didn't know any different, right? And, and no one else did. My, my parents didn't. And uh, it wasn't until somebody said to me, you should go see a naturopath. And I was like, what the heck is that? <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> Sounded like some kind of, you Natural know. Natural what? <laughs> yeah, I had no clue. Uh, but I decided to go for it. And honestly, she changed my life. She spent wow. you know, 90 minutes with me. She did not push me out of her office. You know, she she sat with me. We didn't even just talk about my symptoms, but we talked about my mental and emotional health. We talked about my diet, my lifestyle and stress. And so she really just took this overall broad overview and really tried to get down to the root cause of what was going on. And what was going on wasn't in bladder infections at all. It was actually just an inflammatory bladder. And so she put me on an anti-inflammatory diet. She cleansed my kidneys. We did acupuncture. We did so many things that I would normally never do. And from then on, it just completely changed my life. And I, I was like, this is the type of medicine I want to do. She inspired me to just be better overall in terms of my health and, and my life. And um, I just felt like I wanted to bring that forward to my patients. I didn't want to do, you know, let's just put a band-aid solution over everything. Right. I wanted to work in preventative medicine. I wanted to actually get people better mm-hmm. and really sit down with people and have the opportunity to speak to them for more than five minutes at a time. Yeah, yeah. So then I just decided to change my path at that point. Wow. Mm-hmm. So was that, was that change hard for you or was it just like, you know what, I know and that's where, I go, that's where I'm going and that's it? you know what? I think it was harder for my family than it was for me. (laughs) For me, it was pretty, it was pretty um, easy, which I found surprising. I mean, I'm sure there's a part of me for sure that mourned the idea of, you know, becoming an MD. Um, But when I got into the program, I was just, yes, like, this is right for me. This is what I want to do. And uh, haven't looked back. Awesome. Mm-hmm. The focus of your practice is on hormonal regulation, women's health, 
things like PMS, fibroids, PCOS, endometriosis, menopause, things like that, fertility, prenatal care. As a naturopathic doctor, why have you decided to focus predominantly on women's health issues? And what was the catalyst for that decision? So when I got into naturopathic medicine, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to focus on in that point. I was just kind of kept a broad, I just wanted a broad overview of everything. And then I figured I would decide what I wanted to kind of push into after that. But what I noticed is even just with the care I got in Western medicine and seeing the care that other women in my life were getting, I was noticing that a lot of the times women's needs were brushed off. You know, women were labeled as worriers. So, oh, don't worry. You're just, it's just stress. Go home, you know, or, oh, your periods are painful. Well, that's normal. You know, just here's the pill. And so they're really true. Their true concerns were not addressed. And what I also started to notice is that with women, we go through so many different stages in our life where we require different things. Mm-hmm. So a woman who you know has never had children before requires something very different than somebody who is postpartum right. or somebody who's menopausal, right? There's no kind of one size fits all approach, yeah. especially when it comes to women and the different stages that they are in their life. And so I really started to kind of get into that more when I was, when I was studying. And then definitely as I moved into practice, it really shifted towards women and, um, and really trying to inspire women to kind of take control of their health. Okay. So Mm -hmm. when when you did start out with your clinic, then early on, you decided that that's the, that's the focus of now, is it necessary for, for naturopathic doctors to pick a focus or can it be more wide spectrum? It's very wide spectrum. Like we do see everything, but we, there are so many naturopaths out there (laughs) that, you know, from a natural, like from the naturopath's perspective, it makes more sense to focus in something so that you can actually, I guess, stand out from other practitioners. Um, Why I love it though, is that you can really, really give really good quality advice on a certain either I guess like a, like women's care or children's care or men's care, or you can focus in heart health or sports medicine. Like there's so many different avenues you can take and you can just take your knowledge to like a whole other level. So are you now then only focused on women's issues? I would say predominantly yes, but I do see a lot of pediatrics in my practice because I work with pregnancy and postpartum women and I help women go through childbirth as well. So I do see a lot of babies in my practice. And I would say that the men I do see are usually members of the, the wives that I see or, (laughs) you know, or the children of the mothers that I see, but I would say predominantly it is women. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand that you've made it your mission to empower women worldwide to embrace their divine feminine power, take control of their health and realize their optimal health potential so they can feel energetic, vibrant and beautiful inside and out. Why have you decided to make this your mission? Why is this so personally important to you? So women are the epicenter of change. Mm-hmm. And I, I really do firmly believe that I, women have so, so, so much to offer in terms of just knowledge and skill. And I really do feel like when it comes to our future, our children are our future. And that all starts with, with women. Right. And I want women to be able to really take control of their health and really love themselves and love what they do and really kind of empower them to make any changes that they need to do so that they can be at their optimal self. Uh, When I really truly believe that when women are optimal and healthy, they can go on to have healthy children. And in terms, we create healthier communities. And that's really my goal. And I guess um, it's personally important to me because, especially after I had children. Right. And I really do see how we impact their lives. And, you know, when mothers feel empowered and when women feel empowered in general, I really do feel like we can raise boys that are very kind and nurturing towards other women. We can have daughters who are confident and independent and not living in fear and under society's pressures. If, if you know, the parenting is, is there. Yeah. And so I really do feel that if we can feel vibrant and beautiful inside and out and encourage other women to do the same, then women are unstoppable. Awesome. 
Mm-hmm. Now, in the naturopathic medicine field, is it a predominantly female-dominated industry? It is. <laughs> okay. You'll notice that even, I mean, there are definitely male practitioners, but I would say predominantly naturopathic doctors are female. I remember in school, I think 95, we had five guys in our class. Wow. Five guys in our class. We had 200 students. I, I'm not sure why that is, to be honest. I'm not sure if it's an ego thing. <laughs> and I, I really don't know. And, and I don't want to like label anything. I'm really not sure. We are seeing more men and men come into practice. Okay. You'll notice that our patients are predominantly women as well. Yeah. And I think that's because in general, women seek out preventative care more so than men do, which is unfortunate. I really yeah. do encourage men to, to, you know, get ahead of, you know, their, their illnesses and really try to figure like, you know, get healthy before something happens. Right. Yeah. So, um, more and more, we're seeing more men though. It, it is starting to change and we're seeing that shift, but for okay. sure it's definitely more women. Okay. Mm-hmm. As mentioned at the beginning of our interview, I meant you are, you are a birth doula. How did that all come about for you? And why did you decide to become a birth doula? So when I wanted to become an MD, mm-hmm. I had originally wanted to be an obstetrician. Oh, okay. So I loved the idea of supporting women in labor and bringing children into the world. That was like, my heart was in it. That's really what I wanted to do. And so when I went into naturopathic medicine, I think that was the part I mourned the most. And I was like, how can I still do this? How can I still help women in pregnancy and labor, you know, without being an OB? And I remember seeing a flyer for a doula course at the time. And I was like, oh my God, what's a doula? And I started, <laughs> and I remember even seeing a, um, a psychic at some event back home. Yeah. And at the time I was like, I don't know if these psychics are real. I have no idea. She didn't know anything about me. And she held my hands and she said, Jessica, you have healing hands. And she said, um, you need to become a doula. I wow. was like, oh, and I couldn't believe she said that to me yeah. because it was something I had been thinking about. And so fast forward, you know, to the first birth that I saw and all the births that I've done since then, I've done almost 400 births now. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I really, I've had the opportunity of witnessing firsthand the strength and resilient resiliency a woman has in pregnancy yeah. and childbirth. And I felt it myself. Um, but I've also witnessed how their autonomy and choice gets taken away from them in the birth room. Okay. You know, they're pushed into interventions that aren't necessarily required they're told to have vaccinations and not really given an alternative. Uh, there's a lot of fear mongering as well. That goes, really? Oh my gosh. It, it's just, it really isn't fair. You know, they, they make women or women are led to believe if they're not going to make a certain choice that uh, the doctor wants them to, that they're not making the right choice and being a bad mother. And of course they're not coming out and saying that, Yeah. but women are made to feel that way because they're not really given alternatives and they're looked at like, well, why wouldn't you do this? Right. This is your child. You're thinking, which it's really unfortunate. This really needs to change. And unfortunately the media needs to change as well because in media, you know, makes birth look painful and there's tons of blood and there's tons of screaming. And it's just, it's really not like that. If you walk through the labor ward, it's quiet. (laughs) right or you might hear you might hear women doing like slow moans or groans or things like that but they you could tell that they are in their body and they are doing what they need to do and feeling everything they need to and uh so really my goal with that is to help empower women again to take control of their their birth because they're they're the mother it's their birth it's their baby they have a say and at the end of the day they need to feel that they were supported and that they were, that their choices were heard and that their concerns were heard and hopefully be able to make an an informed choice versus being told what to do. So when your patients come to see you, not necessarily for pregnancy, but if, if a woman comes in to see you and she happens to be pregnant, is it Mm -hmm. advertised that you're also a birth doula in your clinic? Like do, do your patients know this ahead of time? Uh, some do. I don't, um, I don't necessarily advertise it in my clinic space. I have it on my website. So a lot of people who do come to see me, you know, they've been referred to me from someone else or they follow me on Instagram or see my website. So they have an idea that I am already, but there always does come a conversation between, okay, do you want to go the OB route or do you want to go the midwife route? And then from there, 
having an idea of what they want their birth to look like, it kind of gravitates into the conversation about a support right. at the birth. And have they thought about having a doula present? In no way do I ever say that they have to hire me as a doula. Right. Of course, I, of course. I firmly believe that whatever person that they connect with the most is the person yeah. that should be at their birth. So we always do complimentary meet and greets just to make okay. sure that, you know, you're a good fit, but no, I just, I encourage women to seek out the care that they need yeah. as long as they feel supported. Have you found that women are leaning more towards going the birth doula route in your patients that you've seen come through the clinic? Absolutely. Yeah. I think people are really wanting that continuity of care. Right. They know that with the OB route, the chances of them actually having the OB at their birth is about 10%. Really? So that low? Very low. So they're likely not getting a doctor that they've met before. They've obviously wow. not met the nursing staff before. And the nurse nurse changes over her shifts every 8 to 12 hours. So it's nice to have somebody follow you throughout your pregnancy. Sure. Be able to treat, right. And be able to kind of treat any prenatal concerns naturally before resorting right. to medications. Um, and then you have them there at the birth, they know you, we know their plan so we can help them, you know, adhere to their birth plan as much as possible. And then we follow them postpartum as well, just to make sure that there's that continuity. So you had mentioned midwife. Can you explain for people that don't know, Mm -hmm. what is the difference between what's a birth doula's role versus a midwife's role? Sure. So a midwife's role is uh, a primary health care provider at the birth. So okay. when you're choosing a primary health care provider, you act, you either go, you know, the family doctor OB yeah. route or you go the midwife route. Okay. So the midwives, they're very, they're very much proponents of natural birth. And what I mean by that is allowing your body to labor as intended to. Right. They're not against epidural. They're not against Pitocin and all these other things, but they do try to allow your body to do what it needs to do without intervening unless they absolutely have to. Okay. And, but they're the ones that are going to be doing, you know, the blood pressure checks, checking on the baby, doing cervical exams. So just making sure that mom and baby are healthy at the birth themselves. Okay. Or the, the doula is there as the support person mm-hmm. to do natural pain relief and emotional support for the laboring mother and her partner. Oh, okay. So, you know, we're the ones there squeezing the hips, doing massage, putting pressure on the sacrum. As naturopaths, we could do acupuncture and homeopathic remedies as well, okay. bringing her water, bringing her through visualizations and just keeping her calm and things like that. So it's a very different role, actually. Okay. So as you mentioned, you, when you said that um, you were speaking with a psychic and they, she told you about being a doula, I mean, from there to the point where you are now, I mean, you've created the naturopathic doula course. I mean, you took a course Mm -hmm. and now you've created your own course and you teach naturopathic doctors across North America and the UK. What inspired you to create this course? How long did it take and how long have you been teaching the course now? Okay, so I've been teaching this course now for about six years, okay. uh, I think six years. So what I wanted to do was bring doula care into the naturopathic world, because I really truly, truly believe that as naturopathic doctors, we have so much to offer women in terms of pregnancy and birth care and postpartum care. Now, you can absolutely see a naturopath, you know, prenatally and postpartum, but bridging that and being able to attend their birth and be, be there with them can just offer this whole other type of care. Right. Like I said, you know, you can bring in the acupuncture and the homeopathic remedies to turn a baby if we need to, to speed yeah. up labor if we need to, uh, for pain relief. And so a lot of the times we can have women avoid an epidural completely or avoid Pitocin and cesarean. And so it took me, how long did it take me to create this course? It was probably over the, uh, probably about two months okay. to, to really kind of get the course nailed down in terms of all of the modules. And then I just, I didn't want to do it right away because I wanted to make sure I had enough experience under my belt to teach the course. And so I just knew that there, there had to be this avenue for these people like me who were coming into the program, wanting to really support labor and childbirth. And so giving them this, that, so they can actually do that. Right. And so, and it's been a very successful course. Uh, People love it. People love that they can, they know what to do Mm -hmm. if someone needs to be induced for labor or, you know, anything like that. So it's, it's been great. 
so have you found that registration has been really good and people want people in your field in the naturopathic field are, and I'm, I'm sure that it's not just naturopathic doctors that are taking the course. It's, it's people of all walks of life, I would think. Right. Right. So my course is geared towards naturopathic doctors, but I have had homeopathic uh, homeopaths take it. I have had chiropractor because they can do acupuncture as well. I've had physiotherapists. Um, I've even had uh, nutritionists take it as Uh well, even though they might not be able to do the acupuncture, they find a lot of value in just, you know, learning about the stages of labor and how to help women physically through those stages of labor. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Now, I read also that you founded the York Region Naturopathic Doulas. Can you talk to us a bit about that and tell us how that came to be and what it's all about? Sure. So we're a group of naturopathic doctors that are doulas as well. Okay. And so we're about, I think there's about eight of us now, and we service the entire GTA. So even though we're called York Region, we do service women all over. And so basically we're just a community of the naturopathic doctors who can offer women this care that's covered by naturopathic benefits because it might not be financially feasible for someone to afford a doula outside of having benefits. So that's a wonderful thing about it. Um, But it really came to be just because I, even me, like I was probably one of the only doulas in York region at the time that I founded this. And I found it very difficult to support all the women who were wanting my care. Yeah. Um, I, I just couldn't fit them all in. <laughs> and then I had kids of my own and I was yeah. like, I really need help here. Well, you had your practice as well. Right. And so it was just very, very busy. And so I decided to bring on more naturopathic doctors and it was the best thing I ever did because we're, we all call, come from different walks of life. We all have different experience. And so to be able to offer women in our area a bunch of different doulas that they could potentially resonate with. So they could do a meet and greet with one or four of us if they want to, and really just choose who they feel connected with the most. Yeah. Which is really great because if somebody met me and they didn't connect with me, then they're kind of stuck going, Oh, I guess I just can't have a doula then. Right. Right? And and I don't (laughs) want that to happen. I want everybody to get the care that they need. So, so I really love it. And we're actually um, working now with, obstetricians at South Lake. And so I work with obstetricians in my clinic, Okay. in one of my clinic spaces, and they love, love, love the doula stuff. And so they're really like pumping us hard right now, That's even amazing. through COVID. <laughs> so, so they're really seeing the value in it. Mm-hmm. You are one hell of a busy and ambitious <laughs> woman. You're also the creator of the online fertility program called baby bloomers. Where did the inspiration come from for that? And tell us more about that program. Oh gosh. So this program was a long time in the making it. it, There is such a gap in the knowledge for when it comes to fertility, you know, women are jumping online. There is such a plethora of information on 10,000 different diets that they should be doing and 10,000 different supplements they should be taking but they're taking all these things and they're, they're doing this diet and, but they don't know what they should be doing for themselves as an individual, right. or they're being pushed through the medical system and through fertility clinics and basically given no other option, you know, Oh, you have endometriosis. Well, we're going to have to go through IVF. You have PCOS. Right. Well, we got to do IVF, um, which is unfortunate. And I really do understand that some women, that's the path that it needs to go, but yeah. I really do feel like that could be last resort. And there's yeah. so so much that we can do as naturopathic doctors to help improve egg quality and help um, women with PCOS ovulate on their own to get rid of toxic estrogens and work on liver support and women who have endometriosis. And I have a lot of women who come to me who are basically saying, well, I'm, I'm ready for IVF in three months. So I want to do IVF prep. Great. Wonderful. So we're working on IVF prep, but I always do the foundations, right? I work with their diet. I cleanse their bodies. And this is what the program does as well. Okay. And just by doing that, so many of them get pregnant before their IVF and they haven't been, Oh yeah. And they've been trying for like four or five years, but it's like these missing pieces that nobody talks about, right? Nobody talks about why, why is that? I'm not sure. Well, I really do feel like when it comes to Western medicine, they're doing the best that they know of what to do. Right. But I know that the research is there around the diet. There's research there that shows how stress impacts 
fertility. And there's a lot of information and um, around acupuncture and supplements that help with egg quality. Now, some fertility doctors are now recommending certain supplements to their patients, which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you, I think in all the years I've been doing this, I've maybe heard of one or two that actually talk about nutrition to our patients. So I have to ask then mm-hmm. why, if the research is so readily available, what, I mean, is it not an MDs or OBs? It's the word I'm looking for. Um, responsibility to do that research and find options that, I mean, I, I don't understand this. I can't wrap Absolutely my head around it. Absolutely. It is. Absolutely. It is. And why aren't they do, I don't understand why they're not doing it then. Your head is in the same space as mine. I sit there and I shake my head every day and I'm going, I just don't understand. And I, I also don't understand why they're not offering other tests yeah. that we know could be the link, like, like between MTHFR, for example, and miscarriage. There's lots of information right. on that, but that test is not being offered to people. They're, they're diagnosed well. It's unexplained infertility. Why right? would they and, push, like, I don't understand why they would push women to IVF right away. Like, this is this well, is it is your only option. I mean, a big part of it is that's their business and that's what they know. I, I want I don't want to say that it's all money driven, but we I know that a part of it is. Um, morally responsible though, are they not to do absolutely the absolutely they are. I'm my head is is blown away. Like I don't I don't get it. Do you think that part of it could be because it's tied in with that with naturopathic medicine? And I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but is naturopathic medicine still not frowned upon by Western medicine practices still? Some, some, yes. It's interesting because we are seeing a shift. A lot of the newer practitioners that are coming out of school are more open to it. They're learning a little bit more about natural medicine in school. Um, So I, like I said, we, I work in a clinic now where it's totally integrative and we have a medical doctor and we have an OB and we're getting referrals from them. So we know that there are doctors for sure that, love naturopaths and are totally open to this integrative approach, which is amazing, yeah. but there's still some who are very closed off to it, which is okay. You know, it, it is what it is. And um, yeah. yeah, we're, we're just, we're seeing the shift and we're hoping, I think patients know, right. Patients know yeah. about us. And uh, so uh, in terms of our business, our business is still flourishing because women are seeking the, or, and couples are looking for that preventative care. I don't know. For me, I would much rather go a natural route than be filled with, with pharmaceuticals that you don't know what the hell that's going to do to your body 10 years down the road. I would much rather go a natural route. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I guess it's, it's also, I would imagine, part of the patient's responsibility to do that research for themselves as well. Yes, it is for right? sure. Um and like for sure, Brad, there are absolutely fertility clinics out there who are open to integrative medicine. You see some clinics who actually have acupuncturists on site because right. they really see the value in that. And some that do recommend, hey, you're seeing a naturopath, that's great. Continue to see them. So it's not everyone, right? Yeah. It's just the majority, I would say, are are not recommending an, uh, an alternative for these for these patients. I don't understand that. That and yeah, I'm sure you have that you've been baffled by this since you. I am, and so sure. so the program is really to just help women cleanse their bodies, go on a, a diet regimen that is you that is definitely going to work and be effective. Right. Um, in just like bumping up their antioxidants and then also talking about certain conditions and action plans for those um, so that they, and even comprehensive testing that their doctors or that they may may not have thought about. So they can take the information from the program and bring it to their doctors and say, Hey, what about this test for me? Or what about this supplement for me? Could this, could this be beneficial? So it just helps empower women again to really take control of their own fertility because no one's going to control it for them. No, true. Right? So I wonder though how that would go over them taking that that information from say you mm-hmm. to their MD and or their OB and saying, mm-hmm. you know what, why don't we try this test? Would they or are they open to that kind of input from a naturopathic doctor versus what they do? I'm I'm very curious about that. So some are very receptive. Um, I've even sent patients to doctors to get blood work done and they're like, oh, sure, no problem. Okay. And they'll write the requisition. Um, now we could do requisitions ourselves, but we're not covered 
by OHIP here in Ontario. Right. But you do have some that are very, very resistant and stuck to their ways. <laughs> and and it is what it is. I mean, I just say you have to try. And yeah. at the end of the day, they get, even if it wasn't coming from me, they're getting it from their patients anyways. Patients are taking their health into their own hands yeah. and doing their own research and coming to their doctors and saying, hey, I read this online and this research paper is showing this. Yeah. Can I try this? Yeah. Right? And you can't deny the research and the facts. Yeah. And so... But some doctors are very resistant. Yeah. And I think, I, I honestly, I'm not sure. I don't think it's necessarily a profession thing. I think that's just an individual thing. Okay. Perhaps it has to do with ego. Yeah. I'm not sure. Do you see, you had just mentioned that the, the requisitions and whatnot are not covered by OHIP when you mm-hmm. guys as naturopathics write them. Do you see this getting to a, a point where things are covered by OHIP more so for the, in the naturopathic world? Do you see that foresee that happening? I don't okay. only and i don't think that naturopathic doctors would want them to to be honest okay. um if we are covered by ohip we would kind of fall under the same business model as a medical doctor okay. so we're, we're covered by the same like um professional standards and things like that yeah. um the healthcare practitioner act but yeah. when it comes to ohip you're basically billing per client and for any naturopath to if you like, if you're going to, because obviously this is our profession, this is what yeah. we do for a living. Yes. For us to make money, you need you'd have to see a heck of a lot of patients yeah. Yeah. in order to like stay afloat. Yes. Right. Which means now we're falling into this model of well, I now I need to see like 20 patients in a day, yeah. which means I can only see seven pe- people for set or people for seven minutes. Yes. And naturopaths don't want to do that. We yeah. want to be able to spend an hour and a half with our clients or 30 minutes with our clients, and not have to worry about being on time constraints and things like that. Um, but I know there's some NDs who might want that, right? Yeah. It's just, I feel like the broader, the broader amount of us don't. Yeah. <laughs> don't you don't want it turning into this assembly line, right? Cause that's right. what it turns into. Yeah. And I really do feel like the people who seek out our care are really the ones who want to get better. They're well, the I ones mean- that want to put in the work. They've been passed down through the medical system and they're ready to just be like, I'm, enough is enough and we yeah. need to get control of things. Yeah. Well, companies are now covering naturopathic doctors through their benefits. So yes. that helps yes, take absolutely. the burden off the patients as well. I mean, but absolutely. for us, us entrepreneurs or solopreneurs, I mean, we have to dish out a pocket for that type of thing. Yes. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. I know. I wish I had benefits for a massage and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> But yeah, I mean, but I mean, we don't get benefits either. Yeah. Uh, me and my husband and I were both that uh, we own our own businesses. And, but what, the way we look at things is like, if you're going to make an investment in anything in your life, it should be in your health. Yes, for sure. And so if I need to go see a dentist, I will go. And if I yeah. need to take care of my health, I will go see my naturopath. And yeah. I won't hesitate because of finances, because I know there's other places and areas in our life where we can pull finances from. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, your health is, is your wealth. So I you got to spend the money, right? Exactly. Exactly. Now you've really turned this into your life's work, your life's mission. What is the most exciting or inspiring part for you of the work that you do? The most inspiring part is seeing women do the work and getting her the results. And like, I love that because I, I give them the tools, right. But they're the ones that need to take the plan and put it, they need to take their supplements and they need to do change up their diet and do whatever they need to do. It's all in their control at that point. Right. And when they do it and they see results, they, and they come back so happy, like that's just the best. Yeah. I can't tell you like how happy I am when I get somebody who's been on a plan for two months and they get pregnant or, their diabetes completely reverses and and it's because they did the work their diabetes you've had patients their diabetes completely reverse oh for sure diabetes can absolutely reverse with nutrition and lifestyle changes that's incredible i mean Mm -hmm. the, the 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 being able to get pregnant that must just blow your mind when that happens especially for people who have been told that they will never be able to do yeah. on their own. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine how you must feel getting, getting that kind of feedback and, and mm-hmm. seeing that happen. Mm-hmm. I, Cause I know that there's, there's something missing. There's gotta be something 
let's find it. Again, <laughs> you know, and again, though, this goes back to what I was saying before. It's like, why are the doctors? Is their moral responsibility to do the research and give these right. options to their patients? So I, I it, it's mind blowing to me that you wouldn't do that as a doctor. You're ethically bound to do things like that, are you not? Absolutely, you are. Wow. So it's. I'm sure we could do a whole podcast episode uh, and then some on that topic. I know, and you know what? And I'm I'm not even like the best person to talk about you know what's going on with the medical system because there's so many things. Yeah. It's broken. <laughs> I feel like I'm just one small little. It's broken. Piece of that, but yeah. it is a broken system, and sure. it's unfortunate. Yeah, it is. Well, thankfully for for doctors like yourself patients have that option. So that's a good thing. Mm -hmm, That's one mm -hmm. positive out of that, right? Yeah. Well, thank you. So when you graduated from school with your degree, did you start out working for someone else at another clinic or did you jump right into owning your own out of the gate? No. So I actually don't even own my own clinic. I own my own practice. So what I do is I work as, um, an associate. So when I first joined a clinic, I joined a clinic in Ottawa. And so I was an associate at that time, you know, paying rent for my space and uh, basically seeing my own patients running my own practice out of their, their space. And that's what I do now. Okay. So I'm in King city now and in Aurora and basically uh, paying rent for space. Now I'm not working with, when I first started working out, I was working with other MDs and it was solely a naturopathic clinic. Okay. Um, the clinics that I work in now are more integrative. So the one clinic in King city is holistic, which is amazing. We have spiritual counselors. We have people who do matrix repatterning, massage, Reiki. So it's definitely, yeah, it's kind of really, a really, really cool, cool space. Um, and then the other clinic in Aurora is that more integrative with medical doctors and obstetricians. So they're very different. Yeah. Um, but I really do love working with other people. I, I couldn't imagine kind of just going into like one space by myself. Yeah. I'm definitely a social butterfly and I love talking to other colleagues about cases and getting other ideas because uh-huh. maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm having an off day and I just can't think outside of my head yeah. and I just yeah. need somebody to sure. bounce well, it's things always off good of. to have things to bounce, have someone to bounce ideas off of. Absolutely. Are you seeing more of this integrated model of clinics nowadays? Seeing more. So you'll definitely see more of the holistic model where you see, you know, chiros and naturopathic doctors and massage therapists. You'll see that a lot, actually. Okay. You do not see a lot of naturopathic doctors working with medical doctors. Okay. You do out more out West. Yeah. Um, so Calgary area and Canada and like, they do this a lot. They, you know, they're really on board with, like medical doctors there love naturopaths and okay. it's very different. And out here, I feel like we just haven't caught up there yet. So yeah. the clinic that I'm working at now, uh, it's called women 360 care. And she's an OB that actually came out from Calgary. And she's like, I need to bring this standard of care here because we just don't, we're just not seeing it in Ontario. And so we're one of the only clinics actually that have naturopaths working with medical doctors. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, you're now one of the most sought after practitioners in the GTA when it comes to hormones, pregnancy and fertility. Did you ever in a million years think that this would happen for you like this? And and how does that feel? No, (laughs) I am. It's kind of funny because a lot of the patients I get are strictly referral. And um, I never, especially when I first started out, I remember struggling to get patients. Like I remember sitting there sometimes with two patients for the entire day and thinking, why am I doing this? What kind (laughs) of, you know, and a lot of NDs start that way because we are a very saturated model. And I guess what I decided at that point was I'm just going to do what I do. And the patients that I see, I'm going to rock those patients, (laughs) you know, and from there it just flourished into word of mouth and, a lot of the people I see too are like, Oh, I follow you on Instagram. And uh, so I get a lot of patients from that and people who wow. are finding my programs. And so it's, it's really amazing to hear when patients are talking about me, like with their colleagues and their yeah. friends and following me. And not that I, it's not an ego thing for me at all. I, I right. think I just love being able to reach a broader audience. For sure. 
Well, right? I mean, like, you're, you're an entrepreneur when it comes down to it. You are a business person. So that's, I mean, these, like you said, when you had two patients, you're like, what am I doing this for? It's all that self-limiting beliefs and, mm-hmm. you know, the struggles of starting a business and, and growing it and getting to the point where you are now. It yeah. takes time and work, right? Yeah, it took a lot of time, a lot of work, a lot of getting over my ego and about, um, beliefs of what I deserved yeah. or expectation. I had to let go of a lot of expectations. Let's, yeah. put that, let's put it that way. I grew up in a household where there was a lot of expectations put on me and, and I don't blame my parents for that. I, I love my parents and they inspired me. Um, but it made me put a lot of pressure on myself. And so to me, I defined success at like, at that point, I defined success as like, well, I have to have a lot of money and I have to have a lot of patience. Then I'm successful. Right. Right. And so I wasn't, when I wasn't getting that, I felt like a complete failure. Right. Right. Well, mm-hmm. that, that plays into that self-limiting belief stuff and Absolutely. mindset. That mindset is such a key mm-hmm. piece of that puzzle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So For speaking sure. of success, what do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? I feel like it's my empathy. I, I can really empathize with with people and my patients. Like I can really step into their shoes and know exactly how they feel. And I'm a very energetic person too. So I can actually feel when their heart hurts. I can feel when their chests are constricting, um, when their stomach hurts. I, and so I can really get them to shift what they're feeling emotionally and physically. And I feel like in part that has shifted so many of my patients' lives, because like you said, mindset is so important. And so like the first, first module in my fertility program is fertility mindset. Right. And, and I don't quit. I don't give up on my patients. I have so many patients ask me, at what point are you going to tell me that this is not going to happen for me naturally and I'm going to have to go the IVF route? Mm -hmm. Or at what point are you going to tell me that I have to go through an egg donor? Right. And I tell them and I I say, I'm not, I'm never going to tell you that because I don't quit. And I really do believe that anyone can heal amazing that's incredible to to give that reinforcement to your patients as well and give them that hope like that's absolutely I, I mean i don't make promises of course, no, of course not. but but i do believe that our bodies are incredibly powerful and we do have this innate wisdom to heal and we just have to tap into it but to give your patients that hope by telling them that you will not quit that and you will not give up mm-hmm. you will not stop that is incredible that is something that your patients would appreciate. I'm sure that's, that's amazing. I mean, how many doctors do that? You know what I mean? Like, I I think that's incredible. That's very, very admirable. And it's inspirational as hell. Thank you. And I, and I really do love that. I I work with so many amazing women who do the same, you know, my colleagues are are so wonderful. And I really try to surround myself with those practitioners who they, they do it as well. They, they see the value in these women and in their patients and really try to get down to the root cause of what's going on. And they don't stop until they do. That's very refreshing to hear that there are others out there. For sure. It's not just me. (laughs) (laughs) But it's nice to hear though. Like that's amazing. That's refreshing. That's amazing. Oh, thank you. I love it. So again, keeping with the, the train of thought with success, you had mentioned what you used to think success was. So mm. how do you define success now? What does that word mean to you now, Jessica? If I could put it into two words, content and happiness. Okay. Um, I really do believe that we, if you're living your purpose, which we all are, yeah. um, you are successful. You're doing what you are intended to do on this earth and you need to honor that and be who you are. Don't try to be someone else that you're not Mm -hmm. and don't let anybody shut you down because you and your gifts are going to be what brings joy and happiness to other people. And in turn, that's going to be what brings you contentment and happiness. Yeah. And yeah, so for me right now, I feel successful. You know, I have my husband, I have my beautiful children. I feel very happy with what I do. I'm okay if I fail or what I consider a failure. Um, And I just, I keep moving forward. And um, yeah, so I really do feel like once you've reached 
when, when you're happy with the way things are and content, then, then that's success. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. To date, what would you say is your biggest high or your greatest win? The birth of my kids. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It was such a life altering experience. Mm -hmm. And it's literally, they always say, you know, you're birthing children, but you're also birthing mothers at the same time. And your whole perspective about life changes and it's not easy, right? Going through pregnancy is hard and going through childbirth is hard. Um, which is one of the reasons I do what I do. And, um, I really feel like so proud of myself for bringing my kids into this world. They are amazing, amazing children and they're going to move mountains. Um, (laughs) and, and not just because of, not because of me, I just, I see them and their potential and I'm really trying to nourish that. Yeah. And my births were, my first birth was not what you would call natural by any means. Um, it, I totally fell off my birth plan, yeah. ended up getting epidural, Pitocin almost ended in a C-section. It was not wow. the home birth that I planned, yeah. but I still felt very empowered and supported throughout that birth. And my second birth was the home birth that I had wanted. And so it was very, very different. Um, but I don't feel like I was robbed in any way yeah. in my first experience. You mentioned empowered. So what does that word mean to you? What does the word empowerment mean to you? Empowerment is really feeling that you and your skills matter and that another person's skills and who they are matter. That your thoughts and your dreams and anything you could bring to the table And, you know, really, really matters and and truly believing that and honoring that and not letting anyone step on that or belittle it. And for you to do the same for the next person next to you, because there is no reason for you to tear someone down. There's no reason for you to be jealous of that person. And that was also something that I had to get over too. Yeah. Was, you know, other practitioners who might be doing something that I wanted to do, but they got there first. Right. Ah, crap, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But now I'm celebrating that and I'm messaging them. I'm going, this is amazing. I'm totally going to refer patients for this because this is an incredible program. And it doesn't mean that you have to stop what you're doing because anything that you do is going to be different. Yeah. Because you're a different person. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. As someone, someone said to me recently, you can do anything, but you can't do everything. Yes. So. That's right. I think I posted that on Instagram like a few weeks ago. Oh, did you see? <laughs> I did about moms. <laughs> about moms specifically. Uh, it's so true, though. Yeah, I mean, it is. But like you said, though, no one else is you. So you just you do you. That's it. Exactly, you do you. Mm-hmm. What is one of the best pieces of advice you've ever received? The best piece of advice I ever received was from my mother-in-law. And I remember at the beginning of my spiritual journey thinking, um, you know, what's, what's my purpose here? Like, what's my purpose on earth? What's my purpose in life? How do I begin to even fulfill my purpose? And she looked at me and she said, Jessica, you are living your purpose. And I said, what do you mean by that? (laughs) And, and she's so right. Whatever you're doing at the moment, where you are right now is exactly yeah. where you need to be. And once you understand that, yeah. you let go of all the expectations. You let go of the wants and the needs in your life and really start living in the moment and embracing it. So do I know what, I mean, I think I'm living my purpose now. Yeah. Is this, is this going to be my purpose in 20 years from now? Probably not, right? It, it's going to shift over time. Yeah. And I really do feel like that shifts over time. So that was probably the best advice I ever got. What is one of your favorite quotes? Be the change you want to see. hundred percent. And I know that's like such a cop out. Everybody says that I feel like, (laughs) but, but my God, it is so true. And and change starts with you as an individual. And if you want to see something change, you have to live it. For sure. Everything everything starts with self. Everything. Absolutely. What makes you feel inspired or like your best self? Things that make me feel inspired. If you're kind of looking from a health perspective, definitely when I'm eating well and I'm nourishing my body, I feel amazing. But if I, if I look at kind of outside of 
of health and nutrition and that sort of thing, I would say music and art. I, I definitely grew up in an artistic household. I grew up painting and singing and dancing and acting. And I really do come alive when I do those things. I, I love expressing myself through movement and through art. And I, I think it's a beautiful way that people can express their emotions. And um, I really do feel amazing when I do that. And when I'm standing in front of people too, and, and a group of women or a group of just anyone talking about their health and inspiring them, that really lights me up. Yeah. I love that. Well, art truly is a healer. I mean, all forms of it, painting, mm-hmm. drawing, photography. Photography. Music, yes. <laughs> it, it, it's, all, it's all healing and we need more art in the world. I think there needs to be more art programs for kids because they, yeah. that stuff needs to start from a young age. Get them interested in art. It can do so much good in the world. Yes, I absolutely can. agree. We are seeing some art therapists out there now, yeah. which I really love. I love that. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. What was a turning point in your life, Jessica, and how did it affect you? The biggest turning point in my life was when I became plant-based. So I remember seeing, I think I got a magazine in the mail from PETA or something at the time. <laughs> I was in, I was in my second year of naturopathic college actually. And I remember just reading about what happens in the farming industry. And then I started doing my own research into it because I wasn't just going to kind of solely rely on right. PETA, but I just really started diving deep into the stats around the farming industry and, and what was going on. And I was more, I was horrified. Yeah. And so for me at the time, it was all about the ethical side of things. So I just, I quit meat right away. I was like, Nope, I'm done. I was still eating eggs and dairy at the time, which over the last few years I have now weaned out of my diet. Yeah. But I have to tell you when I became vegan, my life changed in ways that I really didn't expect it to. It opened my eyes to global health, yeah. which which something that I really wasn't aware of or even considering being interested in <laughs> at yeah. the time. Um, it really, my mental brain fog went away. Oh. I, my, it, interestingly enough, my eye color changed. Wow. I had really dark, almost black eyes. And yeah. now they're more of like a honey brown. Wow. Um, I just became more clear focused, clear headed, more energetic. I lost a lot of water weight at the yeah. time as well and became a more healthy weight for me. I just, I felt alive. And I honestly, I feel like my spiritual, like, I don't know. I feel like when I was eating meat, there was like this blockage there, which stopped me from really connecting, I guess, with uh-huh. the environment and others and when I, when I became vegan and plant-based, I, I don't know, it was like this, it lifted and I just felt such a connection with the universe and I don't know, it just, everything shifted for me. Interesting. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give someone wanting to pursue a career similar to yours? The best advice I can give is do it because you love it and not for the money. <laughs> because... <laughs> Well, I think that's true with anything. Oh my gosh. But, but, but because honestly, like, like I said, the first few years of doing this, you're not really making much money, right? Like, and if anything, you're just going further into debt and you're questioning why the heck am I doing this? And as you did. Oh, exactly. Like you, you really, really have to love it. Yeah. And if you do, you will be successful at it. Yeah. I, I, I really truly and wholeheartedly believe that with anything. Absolutely. You can do anything in life that you want to do. And if you do it out of passion and love, the money will follow. It will Absolutely. come eventually. It may take time and it will take time, but it will come. Mm-hmm. For sure. Exactly. What is one common myth about your profession you'd like to debunk? Oh, that we're all quacks. <laughs> <laughs> God, I can't believe we still hear that and hear that word, to be honest. Oh, my God. I think that's more associated with MDs, though, is it not? Oh, dear (laughs) Lord. But, like, people have to know we are evidence-based, right? We do four years of university with medical programs. Then we do four years of medical college, uh, four years of nutrition. You know, we're... 12 years? 
Oh gosh, eight years, right? We we do four year four oh. years of the nutrition is incorporated in the four oh, years okay, of okay. naturopathic college. Wow. But we we diagnose, we do physical exams, we do blood work and testing. So we we are primary healthcare providers and yeah. we're evidence based. We're not just throwing random <laughs> things at you. Now, of course, every practitioner is not the same. There's definitely a lot of naturopaths who work on the more energetic side of things, but some right. people really love that. Yeah. Um, and then there's the myth that you have to choose one or the other, right? Yeah. You have to choose a natural route or you have to choose the, the Western medicine route. And that's not the case. I, the integrative model is the best way to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is your personal model? I think something you'll hear me say a lot is change your story or change your narrative. And I say that a lot to people who are stuck in repetitive, negative thoughts or patterns. You know, people, for, if I can give you an example, somebody who, who has been struggling to get pregnant for a long time thinking, well, I, I'm not going to get pregnant yeah. and this is just not going to happen for me. You know, I've been trying for so long. I've had six miscarriages. I'm going to have another one you know, things like this. And, and I sit down with them and I say, change your story because they are telling themselves this over and over again, or women who are given a diagnosis of PCOS. And then they just think, well, I'm not gonna be able to get pregnant on my own. That's it. Right. Right. Oh, I have diabetes. I'm not going to lose the weight. Well, that's not true. Right. So we need to change that story and change that narrative. And you'll hear me say that a lot. Well, that, that also goes back to that mindset piece that you mentioned too, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? And what was your life like after learning it? It was. It's kind of going back on what you said earlier about, you know, the universe will kind of provide you with the income if you're doing what you love. And I had to learn that over time. Yeah. I had to let go of perfection and release anxiety around the competition and things like that. And I really ha- had these kind of I- ideas about money, probably stemming from family and things like that. And it was really my husband who changed my mindset around it. And so we just started, we stopped thinking about the money yeah. and worrying about it and just kept doing what we loved. And never had I had to worry about getting food on the table. I have a roof over our head. We have clothes on our backs and the bills are getting paid. So no, I'm not making millions of dollars, but I don't need to. I am so happy with where I am. And so, and I'm so thankful that I had that turning point because I had so much anxiety around making money and making sure my kids were, were healthy and had opportunities and and all these things. And all they need is love. Right. So yeah, that was probably the biggest lesson I learned. Happiness over money always. I mean, you could have all the money in the world and be miserable. What good is that? Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. think about the amount of years we spend working in our lives. Why wouldn't you want to do something you love doing? Why would you want, I mean, I don't know of anybody that would want to go to work miserable and be miserable all the time. I mean, I did that right. for years working in the corporate world. I was miserable. I hated it. And I, it wasn't until that mindset shift where it's like, you know what? And not, I don't want to do this anymore. This, this is not lighting me up. This is not making me happy. I have to do something else. I mean, it's not always easy. Fear plays a huge part of that, but you have, I mean, because of how much time we spend where I would rather be happy than miserable and making or having that comfortable living and having the benefits and having this and that of a corporate job or or a steady job, whatever you want to call it, Mm -hmm. as opposed to being happy. Yeah. And, and look at you now, right? Like your, your photography is incredible. You could just you. see the passion in your work and it, it's just so beautiful. Thank you. That, that means a lot to me. I know well, your thank you. as well. He so. is. And I, and I really do just thank you for sharing your talent because I, I'm so sad when people's talents go to waste. It really is sad. And I mean, there's so many people out there in the world that never do find their passion because right. of fear or because of self-limiting belief or all of it, about all of the above. I mean, life's too short. You got to do what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Get one shot at this. Absolutely. That's right. Okay. We're going to jump into a little rapid fire section. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> so the next group of questions or next bunch of questions would just be one, two, three, four word answer type things. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> is this going to be hard for you, Jessica? 
<laughs> we'll see. I know, right? I talk too much. Okay. All right. No, let's do not it. at all. That, was, <laughs> that wasn't what I was implying. Okay. No, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm ready. How would you describe yourself in one word? Compassionate. What was your dream job as a child? Singer and actress. If you were writing your autobiography, what would the title be? Ooh, okay. Breaking the rules <laughs> or defying expectations, something like that. Small town girl with big dreams. <laughs> I love it. What's the first thing you notice about a person? Their smile, for sure. Aside from necessities, what's one thing you could absolutely not go without? Human touch. If you could eat only one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Fettuccine Alfredo. Vegan, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> What's the first thing you think when I say the word future? Children. What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? Peace. If you came with a warning label, what would yours say? If you ask me, if you ask me how I get my protein, I may just eat you. <laughs> <laughs> If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? Ooh. Okay. If I could teach the world one thing, what would it be? Oh, gosh. That's a <laughs> tough one, Brad. Oh, I like to make my guests think. Okay. Um, that hatred, bullying has nothing to do with you. So let go and just be you. Be compassionate and love everyone around you. And educate yourself around the meat and dairy industry. Sorry, I know that's more than two words. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. If you had a theme song that played every time you walked into a room, what song would that be? Oh, God, that's such a hard one. <laughs> I, reason being is because I'm so terrible with names of songs. I could recognize songs, but like knowing names of them over my head. <laughs> so I'm going to say the Harry Potter theme song just because I'm obsessed with Harry Potter and I love it. And I feel so like happy and excited when it plays. <laughs> Maybe the eye of the tiger or something like that. Something yeah, fun. Sure. <laughs> if you could change one thing about the world, what would you change? The meat and dairy industry. Okay. Mm -hmm. That concludes our rapid fire section. Okay. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. Okay. <laughs> If you could sit down and have a one-hour conversation with anyone in the world, alive or dead, who would it be and why? Oh, gosh. Oh, there's so many people. If I were to pick someone logically, I would say, like, at the moment right now, I would say Bill Gates and all these other people who are making higher-up decisions about our health care and just be like, what the <laughs> hell? What's going on? Yeah. Or, uh, But honestly, I would love to sit down with Ellen DeGeneres. I think she would be so much fun, okay. and it would be just the best conversation ever. <laughs> <laughs> tell me something about yourself that people would be surprised to know or find out i was an actress oh and yeah I, yes and i acted in film and television wow. for a few years when i was in naturopathic college any any that we would recognize any oh would god what would you reckon well there was a walmart commercial <laughs> Nef definitely no big blockbuster movies or anything like that they were um just smaller movies made in Toronto, but oh, there was, I was on TV once. What the heck was the name of the show? Curious and Unusual Deaths. I don't know if you ever watched that show. No. Nope. Oh, yeah. That was, I was in an episode on that one. Right. You're probably not going <laughs> to see me anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica, what's the most recent investment you've made in yourself? The most recent investment, joining a boot camp. I would say for, for my health, like for my own personal stuff, for sure is joining a boot camp. I was, Oh God, I needed it. I needed to get out of the house and get into moving. Um, but in terms of my career, definitely joining the clinic with um, the OB and the MD was an investment and, and it was probably the, one of the best investments I made. If you could step into my shoes, what would you have asked yourself that I didn't ask you? What would it take for you to quit? Okay. What would it take <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> not going to happen. Not going to well, happen. I would hope not since you tell your patients that you won't Exactly. <laughs> Jessica, if you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? You know, I think about this often, and I think it would be to not take your child life for granted. So I remember growing up as a kid and I couldn't wait to grow up. I was, I just want to be out of the house. I want to be on my own. I want to be married. I want to have kids. And I couldn't wait. 
And then as soon as it all happened, I'm going, Oh my God, I miss being a kid. And I wish that, so I would tell myself to just embrace the years that you have to laugh and play and be ignorant to the chaos of the world. Because honest to God, like, I just love how they don't know, like everything going on in the world right now. And, oh, and then I'd probably also say, hey, there's this thing called Google and iPhone that you need to really get on developing. So before anyone else does. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Get in early, get in early. Get it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So funny. So I'm sure you impart that onto your kids in terms of (laughs) don't, don't grow up too quick. Don't wish wish in your years. Yeah, no, they're one in three, so they don't know anything about that yet. But as soon as they start telling me stuff like that, oh, for sure. I'm like, you need to embrace this right now because these are the best times of your life. For sure. Mm -hmm. Lastly, Jessica, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? (sighs) Okay, I'm going to sound like I'm saying an actual speech here. Okay. Look around you. If you see love, then you've done good. If you see hate, you have not yet seen how much love can change the world. Peace can only be found in accepting the things you cannot change, but being a marked example for the things you can change and want to see. And change starts with you, but together we're unstoppable. I'm Jessica DuPont, lover, artist, enthusiast, daughter, sister, wife, and mother. And even though this is my final speech, I'll be damned if it's the last time I'm heard. I love it. There you go. (laughs) Maybe maybe I'll write that on my gravestone. (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. Jessica, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. This was an absolutely inspiring and beautiful conversation. I've learned a ton. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge, journey, and just incredible the work you're doing. And you are a damn busy lady and ambitious. And I just love it. It is all so infectious and just so inspiring. You're an amazing woman. Thank you. Oh, thanks so much, Brad. And thank you so much for bringing us on here to talk about our journeys and for being just such a pivotal role in in the woman empowerment movement. I think that the work you're doing is so amazing and I'm so, so, so blessed to be a part of it. Thank you. I I am honestly, truly honored. And I tell all the women this, that it is my honor to have you women as part of this community and as part of this movement, because without all of you, this doesn't even happen or exist. So Thank you. I am truly honored to have you as part of and that you want to be part of the community. So thank you for your contribution. Thank you. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Dr. Jessica DuPont. She is a naturopathic doctor and birth doula based in the GTA. Thanks so much, Jessica. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. You too. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.